the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and of course followed closely by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host, and that would be me, Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans, to magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. For any country or civilization to survive. It needs to be able to, one, just needs to be able to have a replacement birth rate. And that's a separate issue, which beyond the scope of, of this week's show. But it has to all be able to reproduce itself culturally, and historically. It has to pass on to the next generation that culture, that history, the sense of a nation that we've done not perfect, but we've done great things in the past together, and we want to continue doing things together in the future. And on an individual level, education is essential to prepare someone to be a, a useful, productive, responsible citizen. And uh, the, all the way back from uh, Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And whether you're a believer or not, that is that is uh, that that is wise wisdom and essential. And it'd be nice if the government-run schools would enhance what the parents are trying to do at home. The uh, average millennial, the products of our current system. Just a few uh, statistics before we get to our our guest this week. Like most millennials, forty-seven percent would uh, she, she would prefer to uh, live in. A socialist country. Thirty-six percent approve of communism. Forty-three percent think the Communist Manifesto better guarantees freedom and equality than the U.S. Declaration of Independence. Sixty-four um, percent think that from each according to his ability to each according to his need is in the Constitution. Twenty-nine percent of 18 to 25s have some kind of diagnosed mental disorder. 54% think that they acknowledge some degree of emotional fragility or even mental illness. 75% say they lack meaning and purpose in life. Only one-third believe in God. 18 to 24-year-olds have conflicting views of their sexual identity. And I could go on. Um... And on a last little last statistic here, polling data that came out this year, and there's three ty- three years in each of these questions, um, 1998, 2019, 2023. And is, so is patriotism important to you? You've gone from 70 to 61 to 38. Is religion important to you? 62 to 48 to 39. Is having children important? 59 to 43 to 30. These are civilizational ending numbers. And not all attributable to the schools. I'll certainly concede that. So, with that introduction in mind, we're going to turn to our two guests this week. And the first, our first guest is the board president of the Chino Unified School District, just elected in 2022. And, uh, this little clip here was my introduction to her. For our students, but may put our students at risk because they may not be in homes where they can be safe. Time. 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 And I learned something from a previous board president. Guys, be respectful. I am going to do a point of order, which I learned from a previous board president. Tony Thurman, 
I appreciate you being here tremendously. But here's the problem. We're here because of people like you. You're in Sacramento proposing things that pervert children. You had a chance to come and talk to me, Tony. By all means, you had a chance to come talk to me. Why was it so important for you to walk with my opponent? You are the very reason why we're in this. May, may I have, as a point of order, as the board no order, this is not your meeting. You may have a seat because if I did that to you in Sacramento, you would not accept it. Please sit. I get a point of order? You're not going to blackmail us. You already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things. You will, not, you will not bully us here in Chino. Please see. Point of order. In Chino. Point We're going to take order. a five-minute break. Point. We have one down, 82 to go. I'm going to reconvene the regular meeting. Please bring it down, guys. we got to get through this. That was uh, Sonia Shah earlier this year at a board meeting where they considered uh, doing something really radical and extreme, like um, notifying parents about issues that affect their children going on at school. And, of course, what was controversial was that includes if a child is confused in identifying as an opposite gender, which the policy was passed and uh, now is now in litigation. So. Joining us is the aforementioned Sonia Shaw. The man in that video was Tony Thurmond, who is the current state superintendent of schools in California. Also joining us is Emily Ray, who is an attorney with the Liberty Justice Center, who is defending the district in that litigation. Uh, she left a big-time law firm, earning lots of money to work on uh, defending religious and constitutional rights at the Liberty and Justice Center. You can find them at libertyjustice.org. So with, with that with that introduction, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. So you certainly, once elected, you jumped right into it. You got yourself, you were appointed as the board president and you adopted this policy. Tell us about just how radical and extreme this parental notification policy is. You know, I'm laughing because radical and extreme to notify the parents of something that they should have always been involved in and had, you know, prior to the the shutdown, parents were always involved. And, and I was a parent in the district. I still am a parent in the district. And I really felt our district made a honest, great attempt at involving parents and letting parents being involved in their children's education. But during the shutdown, I will say this. A lot of stuff was revealed through what Sacramento's plan was. Um, you know, the legislation coming down, a lot of it was to break up the family unit. I mean, let's be real. It, it really is. There's a lot of laws being passed um, that the state wants to pretty much have control in the children's lives. And that's why I think this policy, as radical as some people might think, I think it's a common sense policy that I really feel bad that we even have to be in the spot of making policies to bring parents back in the picture. But that's just shows you, you know, the health of where we are as uh, districts that are being under, you know, the dictatorship from Sacramento with people like Tony Thurman. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's radical. I think it's common sense. And I'm really sad we even have to have policies like this right now. Mm-hmm. It's funny as in, um, not necessarily amusing, but funny as in odd that uh, the loudest defenders of our democracy want to take away power from local school boards to uh, enact policies that the parents of those schools want to have. You know, it's bizarre to me that we're even having this conversation and that school districts are being told by, you know, our state uh, or attorney general even right now, you see Bonta that, oh, you guys need to make sure parents are not involved in this part, but this part, yes, they have to be involved in, right? And it's it's really bizarre to me that we've had previous policies that here in Chino we got rid of, but that actually take the parents out and keep secrets, you know, um, from parents. And I think that is really sad, really scary, but it also is really bizarre to me because Nobody drops their kid off and says, hey, now I'm giving you my child. Do whatever you want. Um, you know, keep secrets from me and have this great plan behind my back. That just doesn't even make sense. That's that's crazy. That's that's ludicrous. And it's really sad that that's even happening. But the fact that we're here right now being sued by our state attorney general when we have craziness on the street, criminals walking free 
And here he is trying to make criminals out of us as a district because we brought the parents back in. You tell me, how is that even, how is this even an issue? This is weird. And yeah, to Sonia's point, um, this is not a partisan issue, right? Uh, Rasmussen recently did a poll where 82% of California likely voters disagreed with the statement that a parent loses their parental rights when a child enters public school. Um, 84% of California voters would support a local law that required parents to be notified of any major change in their child's physical, mental, or emotional health or academic performance. So this is, you know, Republicans, Democrats, independents across the board, um, the vast majority of Californians do support parents still being involved in what happens with their kids when they go to school. Absolutely. And, uh, but, you know, it's on the agenda. I think, I think Sonia hit the nail squarely on the head is that the, the agenda is to not just in this specific context, but in, but is to separate parents from their children and that uh, the state it was going to supplant the parents in the primary role of raising children. And you look at somebody like Vladimir Lenin, a uh, give us the child for eight years and it will be a Bolshevik forever. So the bad guys certainly understand the importance of the next generation that I mentioned at the outset. And I think we've had maybe an insufficient attention to that. And you, one other thing that I'll let you guys jump back in is I think too much in the past is that parents did just drop their children off at school, trusting that things were going to be okay there. And as, and as long as the grades were decent and there weren't, child wasn't coming home injured or obvious problems, they were, they were content to just leave it to the, to the schools. And things, fortunately now things are changing and parents got a glimpse into what was going on during the homeschool, during the uh, online schooling during the COVID lockdown. So when, when I grew up and probably when, when you, when you were, were children is you could try, parents could trust the schools to not do crazy and bad stuff with their children. And I think that's no longer so. No, and I agree, Greg. Um, you know, parents did get a glimpse. There's parents like me who were never involved. I didn't watch what bills were coming down. I didn't, um, I was in the classroom. I will say that I was room mom, art mom, PE mom, any kind of mom that was needed in the classroom. I was there for both of my kids for, you know, a decade before the shutdown happened. But during the shutdown, I think that's when they really pushed a lot of what they were already planning to do. Because during that time, we saw a slew of bills coming down. And I had to learn how to read bills. I had to learn how to write letters, you know, to oppose bills. Those are all things that I just wasn't doing. A lot of parents were starting to do, which now you see parents all over California actually fighting back, uh, lobbying bills. That is something really new to a lot of us parents here in California, but it's so important. Um, you have parents like me going all over California, running for positions of school board where, you know, they want a voice at the table, even assembly and Senate seats. You see it now. Parents, normal day-to-day people or grandparents are starting to run for these positions because there is a need, because there is an agenda being pushed. You have these legislators making bills that absolutely make no sense other than that they want control of the children. They want control of the next generation. But I'm glad people are finally starting to see it. Do I feel like it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of time to fight back and a lot more people to come to the battle? Absolutely. But do I think it's necessary and important? 100%. Do I see it happening? I, I do. And I think that gives us hope that our children are worth the fight. But when you see bills coming down that allows a child to make medical decisions. When you see things on our Department of Ed that's not focusing on the learning loss that happened during those uh, few years, and it's focused on sexualization and social justice issues when our kids are failing at reading, writing, and math, that's an issue, Greg. And that's an issue that we all need to be involved in. It is. And we're going to take a pause here and hear from our sponsor. He always likes to have his commercial played during the show, not after the show. That would be Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high 
as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Residence Tea Party Patriots and Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. This week, we're very pleased to be visiting with uh, Sonia Shaw, who is the board president of the Chino Unified School District. And uh, she is definitely not like our dist- most of our um, school board here in Redlands. Uh, either they're on the side of the political agenda of indoctrinating and sexualizing children, or they're just go along to get along. Um, with that agenda, she has taken a bold stand in her first year on on the board with a parental notification policy that is now in litigation, and things like you know, the student is injured or expresses any suicidal uh, statements or is the victim of bullying or commits bullying, then have to notify the parents because it's, so, it's so important to have the parents involved when. These things are going on in their children's lives, but little things like, you know, if a child wants, gets confused and wants, thinks they're the opposite gender, um, nah, let's keep the parents out of that. So it's that part of the parental notification policy that is in litigation. And, um, unfortunately, and this is my home court here in San Bernardino, the, the court has issued a preliminary injunction barring enforcement of the parental notification policy as to this gender confusion. So if your child is, wants to, you know, if Billy wants to be known as Susie at school, changes clothes, school, changes uh, clothes, um, you know, uses the opposite gender restrooms and locker facilities, plays on the opposite sports teams, let's keep the parents in dark about that. And that was, that was, um, that was the, the court's position. So maybe you want to emulate. How is this a problem? Why can't what what is the legal justification for not telling parents about important stuff going on with their children? Well, our position is that there is no legal justification for not involving parents. Um, you know, the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of your children has been recognized and affirmed over and over again by the Supreme Court for over a century. Uh, this is, you know, this is not a new idea. Um, the court has said that parents have a fundamental right under the 14th Amendment. And, you know, Chino Valley in enacting this policy was um, just doing something that's consistent with rights that parents already have under the Constitution. So we disagree with the portion of the order that um, is stopping or enjoining Chino Valley from uh, being able to enforce this policy. However, I will note that the court granted in part and denied in part the preliminary injunction. And what that means is that there are certain aspects of the policy that Chino Valley can't enforce. But there is um, one aspect. If a child requests to change their school records, uh, that can still be uh, parents can still be notified in that respect. So, it, you know. We won in part, and we're going to have to keep fighting in part because this is something that's just so important to parents and teachers and students in Chino Valley. This is a, a policy that the voters obviously supported and, and voting in their their current board and Sonia as president. Um, so we're just going to continue to fight. So the, at this point, are you going to seek an appeal or are you just going to go through the trial court processes? Um and ultimately, how ultimately there will be a final judgment in the trial court as to whether this policy is going to be upheld. Yeah. So in California, preliminary injunction orders are immediately appealable. So we need to wait for the final order to be entered. That has not happened yet. Um, 
So as soon as the court issues the written order and that's on the record, we'll be able to start the appeal process as to the aspects of the policy that the preliminary injunction was granted. I looked on the website and there's not a written ruling of the court on this. So I presume that the ruling, the court announced its ruling verbally and then requested the state attorney general to prepare a proposed order. I saw your objections to the proposed order. When the judge announced the ruling, and from what I read in another article, is the court rejected the argument of the state that the children have a privacy interest to keep information from their parents. But can you summarize what was the court's thinking in saying, okay, we need to keep parents in the dark about this important subject? So the court found that those aspects of the policy violate California's Equal Protection Clause under the California Constitution, essentially saying that it is discriminatory on its face to tell parents when their children request to go use different pronouns or use a different name, use different bathrooms, or join a different sports team. So our position is, of course, there's never been a case of binding authority in California that says that telling parents something about what their kids are doing at school is discrimination, can be discrimination as a matter of law. So that's going to be the basis, one of the basis for our appeal. I'm kind of like, what? I don't follow that quote logic, unquote, of how that is, that would violate the Equal Protection Law. Now, which is normally things, if you treat students differently because one's black or one's white or one's Latino or one's male, one's female, so on, treat them differently, that's an equal protection issue. But if we're just going to say when there's important issues about your children, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your gender, regardless of any of those protected characteristics, we're going to inform the parents and get them involved. As you said in your brief, these are important things, and it's important to have the parents weighing in on this. Well, it's really important to remember, too, that this policy is conduct specific, right? It is not requiring schools to notify parents if they see a child walking around in clothing that might not align with their birth sex or wearing makeup if they were born male. That's not what this policy is. This policy is if a child goes to the school and specifically asks the school to take actions that would constitute social transitioning, you know, I want you to call me by this name. I want you to allow me to use this bathroom or join this sports team. Those are actions that the school is taking based on a request made by the student. So we don't see how that could be discriminatory. Yeah, and on top of that, when you talk about discriminatory, why do we have previous policies being proposed to districts all over California from the CSBA that actually keep secrets in regards to these things? So I would obviously want to argue the fact that if this policy is discriminatory, what happened to the policies that all these districts adopted that actually kept the secrets? Weren't those discriminatory as well? Because we're really trying to make sure that we are sending the message back to the parents. We're not picking and choosing like how the state wants to. And when we talk about privacy for students, and that was used a lot with, you know, I call them the political cartel coming down at us with Thurman, Bonta, and Newsom. They try to say it was a student's privacy, student's privacy. There's laws. And I'm thinking, well, common sense tells you those guidelines were put in place by the Department of Ed and everybody, you know, our state to keep students' privacies from third party and government, not from the parents. So they're misusing it and they're using it against the parents, which I think is bizarre too. Again, here we go with being a little crazy, right? Like you're now using the guidelines and laws to turn it around on parents when it was actually put in place to protect the kids from the government. Right. That's exactly right. And just to Sonia's point, the state is arguing that because the policy references transgender children, because this is an issue that affects transgender children, they're the ones who are requesting to, you know, have these social transitioning actions taken, that that makes it discriminatory. But using that same logic, any policy addressing this issue, whether it's, you know, keeping the issue from parents, which is what the state's policy does or what their recommendation is, would be discriminatory too. Like the mere fact that it references 
transgender children does not make it discriminatory in and of itself. No, and it's as you know, both sides cite the suicide statistics, and in fact, the um, the only science on the matter, only long term study from Sweden shows that the there's a much greater risk of suicide if you do try to transition children and turn boys into girls and girls into boys, uh, you know, which you're going against nature and numerous, many different genetic changes between differences between uh, men and women. Um, that's all the time we have in this first half hour. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio as we delve into these important subjects of educating the next generation. Back after this. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Residence Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. Uh, one of our... Uh, Multi-time guest Rebecca Friedrichs made a movie entitled "Whose Children Are They?" and let's listen to a clip of that. Public education has gone off the rails. Now. It's about power and money and politics, and somehow the kids are getting lost in all of that. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're a mom and a dad first. Critical race theory is dividing our children in ways that are unacceptable. You cannot use racism to eradicate racism. Our teachers are bullied. Parents are shut out. Less than one-third of America's school children are proficient in anything. They're teaching these kids X-rated sex acts. When we look at this radical agenda, the way our children are being exploited and the way parents are getting shut out, it comes down to one fundamental question. Whose children are they? Whose children are they? ¿De quién son esos niños? Whose children are they? As we talked about in the first, uh, in the first half is for a society to pass, to su- survive, for a country to survive, it has to pass on its culture, its traditions, its history. And, uh, as, uh, as Orwell wrote, uh, he who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. Um, very pleased this week to have our guests, our, Sonia Shaw, who is the board president of the Chino Unified School District, and they have certainly been courageous in trying to stand up for parents and children against the, uh, what she calls the state cartel. And, uh, it passed a parental notification policy, which is now in litigation. And, uh, there's presently a preliminary injunction against the part that to inform the parents if their children are confused about what gender they are and are using different facilities, playing on different sports teams. And uh, representing this district in that case is attorney Emily Ray with the Center for Liberty and Justice. Do I have that right? LibertyandJusticeCenter.org. And left a big time law practice to work on these important issues. Um, I do want to talk about some other things in, 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 in education. Well, we could certainly probably spend two hours just talking about this subject. I got, I got two questions for both of you. One is an easier one or a shorter one probably is does the preliminary injunction prohibit the, the district employees from informing parents if their children are gender confused as opposed to your policy, which required the notification? So that's a good point. Um, we have not seen the final order based on our understanding from the hearing. It would not, um, prohibit it. But again, that is all subject to the, the final order that the judge, um, puts out. Seconds of broader. Go ahead. I do want to say this is only for Chino Valley as well. Uh, I think it's very important to point out that Bonta didn't open currently any other lawsuits except for on Chino Valley. So you have other districts that adopted this, which is very interesting to me because 
if it clearly in his mind, he's stating out loud that it it's harming children, but yet we are the only ones he is taking action on that, that I beg to ask the question why. So you're mm-hmm. letting all the other children go, you know, be, be exposed to this dangerous parent involvement, but yet only Chino's being held responsible. That's a, that's a interesting question that I think that Californians need to start asking their attorney general. Well, you need to be made an example of, and then it also becomes an excuse. For example, our patriots here in Redlands have gone to the board to ask them to at least put on, even just put on the agenda, the same kind of parental notification policy. And the answer is, well, we're just going to wait for a conclusion of the litigation. So it gives it, it gives every other school board in the state an easy excuse to say, well, it's a litigation. We don't want to get involved in an unnecessary law. So we'll just wait for the courts. Uh, to sort it out. So I think that, that's what the, that but answer Greg, is. There's other districts in California that are being sued for socially transitioning kids and they're winning in courts right now. So good. Um, are they really being careful or are they opening themselves to more lawsuits uh, and more exposure to lawsuits because they are keeping secrets? And And you asked, who do the children belong to? They belong to the parents, not the state, not the schools, not not to bureaucrats and definitely not to the political cartel. And I think people need to remember that. Parents brought, lend their kids to go learn at school, not to be, you know, socially transitioned or anything other from the school without having to be involved. And that that's what I would say Chino does a great job at is involving the parents. I just think it's unfortunate that right now Chino can't even use, you know, the great um, resources that we have to involve parents in the child's lives. Yes. Second is a, is a broader question, um, which probably can go on for hours as well. Well, we see this agenda that's come on almost out of nowhere to the transgenders confuse the children. Let's get it. then lead them towards uh, being chemically and surgically castrated, mutilated and sterilized. You know, when children can, you know, you can't get a tattoo, but if you want to cut off your private parts, sure, go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and the broader, the, the sexualization of children, you see the books, and I think that you, you know, that was the subject of a recent meeting in, 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 in Chino, but just horrendously bad stuff. There was, a, I had a, earlier this year, a woman, a mother from Temecula, and, uh, you know, she had, her children, her daughter had been assigned this play in which there's this sexual encounter between two men in a park, didn't even, didn't know each other, and one saying to the other, um, I'm going to abbreviate, but the play doesn't. F me, hurt me, make me bleed. And this, it's all over the country. Where is this coming from? And seemingly, I mean, yourself is an, is an exception, but the education, the teachers, the principals, that if you had done this 10 years ago, they would have revolted. And now it's like they're going along with it. What's What's going on? I mean, you clearly see some of our unions, like the NEA, the CTA, you saw during the summer some of the headlines with the books that they recommended for reading. This is a clear indication on the direction that I think our Department of of Education has been focused on, which I, again, think it's insane that we're focused on these kinds of issues when our kids are failing at reading, writing, and math. But to go back to um, this big old push it has always been illegal and it's always been a problem to put anything that contains what I call pornographic material or obscene material into the hands of children. But yet now we're finding it acceptable because we're calling it quote unquote enrichment. Where do you find enrichment in that? There's so many different beautiful books, um, you know, around, around everywhere all around our children available to our children in the public and the school libraries. But yet these other things have snuck in. I'm telling you when we had our last board meeting, I sat there and I watched adults literally grab, including myself, my ears. Like I can't, I'm an adult and I can't handle this, but yet we're okay with this being in the libraries. And and the, the crazy thing is, is you can have the most conservative areas who have a majority of a board who, you know, has common sense and they have the same books in there. So I'm wondering how in the world are these sneaking in? Obviously through something or somebody or some agenda, right? But I think that's why. People like myself need to be very um, vigil about these things, but also know that we're policymakers. Put a policy in place. Send the message. Turn the ship around. Let's say that, no, we love books. Yes, we're not banning books, but we also are in a position where we need to decide what is appropriate and not appropriate for children and the ages that we're supposed to be educating, right? So when you're talking about these books that you just read out loud, which 
are in many of our districts all around California, that's a nightmare, but something needs to happen. And unless people like us come up to the plate and say, okay, enough is enough. We're going to turn the ship, call us what you want, do what you got to do. We're going to protect the kids and we're going to make sure that this doesn't, you know, get in their hands. Look, I want to go, if I wanted to go have my 12 year old go watch a PG 13 movie, guess who has to go buy the ticket? The mother, the dad, the father, the guardian. Why is it okay for books not to have any kind of rating or any kind of age appropriate, you know, um, description? And maybe they do, but we're not following it. How is that okay? Why are we allowing this in the name of enrichment? That's not enrichment. Let's be real. Those things are not needed for this kid to be able to learn all these great things. They don't need to learn about what you just said out loud that I don't want to repeat. Like, And that's just a a small portion. I can't even repeat it, and I'm an adult. And I feel like awful when I'm even thinking that these are at the hands of children, right? So I think more people in positions like myself need to just do the right thing. They need to uh, embolden their districts as well to do the right thing. Because I can tell you right now, we have great staff members at Chino Valley and I saw their eyes. I saw their faces. They couldn't handle what was being read. And knowing that is in our libraries was an eye opener. I believe in my heart for them as well. How in the world did this get in? These are people who really truly do their best to make sure our kids are educated, but it also goes to show if there's an agenda and there's a push, they'll find a way to get into the hands of children. But that's why we need to be the gatekeepers for these things. And I and I really believe that in my heart. And to keep hearing all these people say this, that, the other, you're banning books. I think that's just an agenda because they want those things in the hand of children in the hands of children. Because I don't find that appropriate at all for children to be able to read these horrible, vile materials. Oh yes, I, I think I think the, 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 it's harder once the book is in there. To get, to get, to, to get it out as opposed to the whole selection process. So like what happens is, is the librarians who I think tend to be very, very far politically left, not all of them, I'm sure, but I think they tend to be the, the head of the National Librarian Association is an avowed Marxist and lesbian. So that's, uh, if you get in the process and we tried to encourage them to do this in Redlands is before you buy the books, there should be a parental review committee. It should come to the board of here's the books we're planning on buying and weigh in ahead of time and have a cross-section. So, you know, all right, how many conservative books that offer a conservative outlook on life or a traditional out- cultural outlook on life are in the libraries? There should be. Um, so I, th- I think getting it earlier in the process um, is it, helpful. But, yeah, uh, taking them out is is not banning books no and i think we also need to hold our boards accountable that's why in the policy that i'm currently proposing for chino valley books do go through a process and they should and and you know they should have committees for certain things but when it comes to sexually obscene let's be very specific on what we're you know targeting when it comes to the book thing right now because it is a very sensitive subject and can be twisted really quickly. Um, but when you're talking about sexually obscene books, I'm, I'm more like hold the board accountable. If they want to keep this stuff in there, then let them put it on record that they're okay with that being, um, you know, in the school districts, because right now we're in a position where, especially like how you see it all over California, our board previously did not support parental rights. They didn't support, you know, making sure our kids were safe from this, at least in our parents' eyes. And that's why we were able to switch our board this last election. I think it's important to start holding these people accountable and putting them on record, just like our legislators up in Sacramento. The more parents know about what laws they're pushing, the more parents know about what policies school board members are okaying and signing on the dot with, the more we have visibility to the public to know what's going on and the more we can push back and fight it the right way. But until we do that, guess what? They're just going to hide it in the hundred pages of agendas that nobody really watches. And then they get away with this. And this is where we end up. Then you have people like myself coming in and having to do damage control when in reality, we should be in offense at some point. Right. And I really believe we're going to be in offense soon. It's just a matter of time. And like I said, let's turn the ship around. Let's get rid of this crap that should never be in the hands of kids. Let's make sure parents are involved. But it, it you could see there's a struggle and they're going to try to fight us on it every bit of the way. But I think it's also important for 
us to band together. I mean, if we didn't have Liberty Justice Center, we wouldn't be able to fight the good fight when it came to parents. If I didn't have, um, you know, to Emily, our district didn't have Emily in our court. Guess what? We would be spending the precious money that we get. And it's very little at times from the state um, to be able to fight the good fight. But I think it's important right now that we have these kinds of things to be able to fight the good fight for our kids and show our kids you are worth it. We're going to continue to push back on this agenda and we're going to make sure they're safe from this crazy thing that they're pushing into the hands of their uh, of their own hands. It's it's just sad. Let's take a pause here and hear from our, and hear from the aforementioned Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, as well as our we have another sponsor, some guy named Attorney Gregory W. Britton. Um, do business in real property law, and you can contact me at 909-335-7335, 909-335-7335. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Before we resume our discussion about education and uh, saving the country by uh, saving the uh, the next generation, uh, in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, we're presenting Dinesh D'Souza's latest movie, Police State, and that will be on November 9 um, at 7 o'clock. The doors open at 6.30 at the Ark Church in Redlands, and that's 1307 East Citrus Avenue, the Ark Church in Redlands. Just search for that. We have a charge is $5, which we have to pay to uh, D'Souza Media for licensing uh, the the film. Uh, Recent poll by Rasmussen asked, a police state is a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents. Are you concerned that America is becoming a police state? All voters, 72%, Republicans, 76 Independents, 72 and even Democrats, 67%. So while we're talking about education, that's vitally important to the future of the country. Um, we're going to keep a free country. We also need to... Um, Make sure that the people are in charge of the, of the police and the government, not vice versa. Uh, welcome. We we're very pleased this week, and I wish I could, I wish I had two or three hours to, to talk to the ladies. Uh, Sonia Shaw, who is the board president of the Chino Unified School District and the attorney representing uh, the district in litigation with the state where they're trying to prevent parents from being informed about uh, if their children become uh, gender confused at school. Uh, Emily Wright from the LibertyAndJusticeCenter.org. Um, you just ran for school and board in 2022, Sonia, and jumped into this, and then you jumped in headfirst into fulfilling your responsibilities. Why did you, why did you decide to leave your wife, wife, mother, uh, I'm not sure what you do for a living, uh, and take on all of this? Yeah, so that's a fun question. I'll try to make it as short as possible. Um, during the shutdown, a lot of stuff was revealed. Um, I also was a parent that was able to protect my children. Um, not like some other parents, you know, have the luxury of doing during that time. Some, you know, both parents are working. Some had single parents. Some were kids like me who grew up, we, you know, um, without a lot of parental involvement. Um, so I mean, During that time, though, a lot of parents band together because of common issues that we saw. 
And I, I remember somebody saying, we need to go to the school board with this because, you know, we weren't being heard and we were just being kind of pushed to the corner. And I was like, what in the world is a school board? Oh, we elect them. And I'm like, oh, we do. <laughs> Cause I never really paid attention. I'll be honest. I was, ne- I, I know I'm laughing, but I, I think it also is a moment to show most parents, like you don't have to, um, know all this political stuff to be able to have a heart to serve where you're called to serve. Right. And. During that time, I found out what a school board was. We started going to the meetings. We went to every single meeting advocating, trying to find, trying to actually just have a conversation and provide solutions and just, you know, showing them that we wanted a voice at the table. But it was more like they put the hand up and said, no, sorry, sorry, go talk to your elective officials, which we thought was ironic because I'm like, wait, I'm finding out you are my elective official. But long story short, they wanted us to go talk to the quote unquote lawmakers up in Sacramento, um, which they knew we're pushing the same thing that the the majority of most boards support. So I thought, wow, okay, so you're just putting us in a big giant circle. But they did themselves a disfavor by doing that because what they did is they took, I call myself a soccer mom, just a normal day-to-day mom who's always on the field and always in the classroom. Um, Yes, I had a job, you know, that before this, because I don't have time for it, which my family's taken a sacrifice. But, um, you know, they, they pushed us people, us moms, us dads, as grandma and grandpa's out to go see how all this was done. And little by little, we realized they're not going to listen to us. And then we heard there was an election coming. We're like, we got to, we got to find two members, uh, two of the community to run for these seats. I was the quote unquote president of the advocacy group. That was a grassroots advocacy group um, that may appear to be well organized, but it was just a bunch of moms, one dad that had a whole bunch of soul and heart, heart and soul. We had a few dads. Um, and some grandma and grandpas that just wanted to make sure our kids um, were protected. And we had a voice again at the table. Long story short, I ended up finding what the GOP was, ran into somebody, you know, through our local GOP. She said she loved what we were doing. Do we have candidates? I told her we only had one at that time, which is John Monroe, who thankfully did take that seat. Um, and I was like, we don't have another one. Went home, got on Zoom because she said, you need another one. Our areas, um, most California are now going into trustee areas if they're not already trustee areas. So we learned how to read the maps. I go home to the moms on the Zoom and I'm like, one of you is going to run. We're going to get behind you. We need one more person. And we start going through the addresses. Nobody's a hit. And then they get to mine. And I'm like, I don't live in the area. Remember, guys? They're like, no, give us your address. Gave them my address. My house is literally on the line, my backyard. Um, and then everybody said Shaw 2022, long story short, I can never tell another parent to run and not run. I ran, I always call it our seat because this is not my seat. It was the parent seat and this still is the parent seat. I was, um, you know, elected to do a, a job and I'm here to do that, that job. We brought in a lot of common sense policies, but we're also supporting our, like I told you, we have amazing people in our staff and, and teachers and I'm trying to do my best to be able to support them through our community support to do what they're supposed to do, which is teach our kids, educate our children. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, Greg, I always tell everybody, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You just have to have the heart and the purpose and the drive because despite death threats, despite being called every name in the book, when I look at children, when I walk these school sites with our superintendent and I see the joy in some of these teachers eyes and just the kids just loving to learn, it reminds me every day that that is okay to endure what's coming down from the crazy radical, you know, agenda because our kids are worth it. They're so worth it. And, and I appreciate being in the seat. It's an honor. It's a blessing to serve my community. And I think we need more people, day-to-day people who have heart to run for these positions, because I think when we do, that's when our kids will win. Well, as, as, as the model of the show based on Justice Lewis Brandeis's quote, uh, the most important political office is that of the private citizen. And it only starts with voting, but it involves going to the school board meetings, trying to influence your public officials and stepping up and, and, and running for office. And of course, it also probably helped that you're, uh, you know, I think you're a member of, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills with, uh, Pastor Jack. Yeah. But you know what, what's, I'm a believer, so I believe God always has the perfect timing, even though we don't see it. I went to another church in the community for 14 years where I raised my, um, me and my husband raised our family up in that, and we served in that church. But during the shutdown, Calvary was the only one open, and our church had change of pastors for various reasons, and the last one just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't sitting right biblically with us. 
And so we, we, we laugh because we're like, we hopped the fence and went to that church. And what a moment, uh, you know, what a time like this that we ended up getting a leader who is so bold and courageous to be able to, um, teach us the word of God. But you, we also do that in our own time, in our own, you know, in our Bible. We read the Bible and I think that's where you get it with the fellowship at the church and the, and the community and then learning about real impact. It's just beautiful to see how everything kind of comes together in the perfect timing because, um, as, as people always think, oh, you know, Sonia's been at Calvary forever. Little did they know I just became a member recently of the church and I love my church. I love our pastor. I love how bold and courageous they are. They, they set great examples and they do great things. Um, you know, so I, I think it's just perfect timing. We're almost out of time here. We could go on. I'm, you know, there's so much more we could delve into yeah. with education, the things that you're doing. Um, Emily, you, you, I know you, you've been talking too much this show, but um, I know. Would you, like, would, you, would you like to give us a, a final word from your perspective? Yeah, I just uh, want to say that if any school boards are dealing with this issue or want to talk to a lawyer, please reach out to Liberty Justice Center. It's libertyjusticecenter.org, um, and we provide pro bono representation free to all of our clients. Um, so reach out if you need us. Thank you. We will have to leave it there. I want to thank you, ladies, for both being on the show and for everything you're doing for the cause of our country, our freedom, and our children. And as always, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.